Hey guys, Robert here. And Amber. We're the hosts of Will There Be Cake? A new podcast produced by Seven Lamb. What is Will There Be Cake, you ask? Well, it's a podcast where me and Amber get together to celebrate goofy holidays every single day. That's right. Every single day we release an episode where we pick a holiday, describe its origins, how we think people should celebrate, and then decide on the most important question of all. Will there be cake? We also have plenty of guests join us along the way. If you're a fan of Seven Lamb Productions or just fun holidays, check us out. You can go to sevenlamb.com, that's seven lamb.com, or search for Will There Be Cake wherever you listen to podcasts. We're on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Spreaker, Castbox, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, and the list goes on. So what are you waiting for? Listen to Will There Be Cake today. Seven Lamb Productions presents Atlas Avenue B Case 3 The Gold Hawk Part 6 Secret of a Past Lover I made my way through the casino, weaving between table games. I excused myself from the private game in hopes that Antigard would not find it suspicious. I saw the man I was looking for. The man who left me the messages. The brush said he was standing by the podium dressed in a blue suit. And there he was. Who are you? Who are you, good sir? No, no, no. It wasn't him. What? I told you. Light blue suit. This man is wearing a dark blue suit. I said light blue suit. The brush pulled me away from the podium. Where's the light blue-suited man, then? I don't know. He must have left. That's when I noticed a light blue-suited man through the glass entrance doors. He was making a beeline for a white van. Does this man have a buzz cut? How do you know? I rushed outside. The wind really picked up. Coldness stung my face. The man climbed into the van. Hey! I ran up to the van. The man rolled down the window and smiled. Hello. Who are you? We really shouldn't talk here. I want some answers right now. Why the warning? Not here. But, uh, why don't you come with us? Us? Suddenly the side door slid open. Another light blue suited man appeared. He grabbed me and pulled me into the van. He was unreasonably strong. So unreasonable. He threw a damp cloth over my face and everything instantly went dark. a steel warehouse. It reminded me of the one in which Desmond Grant and I had our exhilarating confrontation. It also reminded me of the one that Paul dreamed about before I died and a giant ham sandwich appeared. Where... where am I? We can't disclose that information. We'll just say you're in a safe place. I don't feel very safe. 
Both men had buzz cuts and large noses and wore light blue suits. They looked like twins. You should feel lucky. Lucky we got you out in time. Logan Antigard would have killed you. Is that so? It's so. So. So not so? No, stress on the first so. It's so, so. What? You would have died. Take our word for it. And who are you? I'm Simon, and that's Byman. Hello. Byman? We're twins. So why do your names have to rhyme? Our parents thought it would be cute. Yeah, but Byman? There's not a lot of names that rhyme. Uh, Larry and Jerry, John and Don, Ferris and Harris, Jim and Tim, Sal and Val, Manny and Danny, Hugh and Lou, Dick and Rick. Well, our parents didn't have a lot of time to think about it. It took me 20 seconds to come up with those. Right off the top of my head. Damn it, Simon. I told you our parents hated me. Mom and Dad do not hate you. They named me Byman. That sucks. Can I go now? No, we're not done with you, Mr. Locke. How do you know me? We've been following you. Maybe you noticed the van outside your office from time to time? No. Or maybe you've noticed the wiretaps in your apartment and office? Nope. Maybe you've noticed our presence as we followed you all over the city? No. I can't tell if you guys are just that good or I'm just that bad. Probably a little bit of both. My brother and I have been watching over you since you took on the Gold Talk case. We both work for the CIA. You built up quite the reputation, Mr. Locke. Especially with that mad bomber case, you saved a lot of innocent people. Yeah, wouldn't be the first time. Really? That wasn't the first time you saved a bunch of innocent people? Actually, that that was the first time I've done that. Okay. Actually, the, the only time. Exactly. The incident that got me fired from the KHPD was literally the opposite of that. But let's not get into that right now. We know why you were fired from the KHPD. Oh. We brought you here because we're going to fill you full of exposition so you and any person that may be listening to this will understand exactly what's going on. You think people are listening to this? We hope people are listening to this. We need the downloads. What? Never mind. Simon, continue. We know you found Ugert's body. He was killed. Probably not by Mr. Antigard, though. But the bullet? Most likely a decoy, to make it look like he did. Don't get us wrong, Antigard is not a good guy, but he didn't kill Ugart. Someone else did. Who? That's the thing. It doesn't matter. What matters is retrieving the Goldhawk. You don't understand how important that artifact is. I know. It was found in Bora Bora, so it's really cool. It's more than that. The Goldhawk is hollow. At least the one that was stolen, it was. It was a fake. It was housing government secrets in microfilm. They had to take it out of Bora Bora, where one of our main CIA facilities is located. Why is there a CIA facility in Bora Bora? Because CIA agents love the sun and the beaches. <laughs> We're humans, after all. The CIA facility in Bora Bora was infiltrated, so they put every government secret on microfilm and got it out of there. They've been hiding it here in Kenneth Heights in that Gold Hawk ever since. What kind of government secrets? All kinds. War records, Pentagon Papers, where your tax money really goes, who really shot JFK, chemtrail data, cancer treatment records, Agent Orange statistics, Area 51 protocols, Deflategate, whether that image online of the black and blue dress was actually that or really white and gold. Oh man, I read about that in the paper. I don't have a computer. Little secret, the dress was actually Scion and Magenta. Oh, pretty. Look, they got the better of us. Who's they? There's an organization out there that wants our government secrets. That's why they hired Ugert to steal them. Now this organization, known as Smush, is really going to throw us over a barrel. Bend us over a barrel. I think you mean they have you over a barrel. Oh, we're on the barrel. They have the documents, and now they're going to sell them. To who? 
crooks, thieves, juggernauts, assholes in general. Anyone that wants to take down our country, anyone that wants complete power. The organization is known as Smush? Correct. Super menacing underground society. Ha! Wait, the, the H, it stands for ha? Well, I think they wanted the H there just so it didn't end with society. You know, smus. Kind of sounds like puss. And these people are no pusses. Are you trying to say pussies? No, pusses. They could have gone with another acronym, and it's likely they didn't give it any thought at all. Who named this organization? Your parents? Hey, I would be extremely offended by that statement if I wasn't still somewhat upset about the fact that my parents didn't come up with better rhyming names. Simon, let's change our names to Sal and Val. No way, I like my name. That's because your name is Simon. I'm fucking Byman. You guys still haven't told me what I'm doing here. We had reason to believe that Smoosh is trying to sell these government secrets to the highest bidder. Now, we have reason to believe in an effort to milk this for all it's worth. They're going to hold a high-stakes poker game. They'll have everyone buy in and play for the secrets. Smush will get way more for their efforts that way. Again, why am I here? We saw you play Antigard. We know that your father was a professional gambler before his untimely passing. He taught you how to play. How do you know that? We have our ways. I'm not that good. That's a lie. It's been a long time. You held your own against Antigard at the Soft Pop Casino. This is more than I bargained for. I was told to retrieve a stolen artifact, not play a high-stakes poker game against a bunch of ruthless thugs in an effort to regain government secrets at the CAA dumbly hidden in a museum. Why'd you hide in a museum anyway? We figured no one would check here. It's a museum. Who goes to museums anymore? <laughs> it's one step away from being the public library. Yeah, if you want to see an artifact, Google image that shit and save yourself 15 bucks. I can't help you guys. Please. No. We need your help. Pretty please? I'm sorry, but I'm done with this case. Simon and Byman looked at me with saddened eyes. You could find someone much better at poker than myself. But we want you, baby boy. Please don't say that ever again. I won't if you agree to help us. I'm sorry. May I leave now? The twins watched me walk out of the warehouse. The cold air hit me like a ton of soft bricks. Because if they were actual hard bricks, they would kill me. Because a ton is a lot, and my face is delicate. <sighs> I had no idea where I was, but I decided to pick a direction and start walking. I made it back to the office two hours after leaving the warehouse, which is pretty sad since the warehouse turned out to be right across the street from my office. But it was hard to see anything in the heavy snow that was falling. At least that was my excuse for being so completely lost on a street I walked down literally every day. Joey, I don't want to go to the zoo with you. I told you I fucking work tomorrow. But I got free tickets and I don't want to look at antelopes by myself. The Kenneth Heights Zoo has antelopes now? It's about time they added a new exhibit. Mr. J! Hello, Edith. Hey, Mr. Locke, it's me, Joey. Joey Evernuckle. I am completely aware, Joey. You're so stupid, Joey. No, uh, I scored test scores on my SATs, and I went to college for a full term, twice. I noticed a stack of papers on Edith's desk. Edith, are those new cases? They keep coming in. 
I tell everyone you're fucking busy. I haven't even looked at another file since I took on the Gold Hawk case. But since that case was over, I could move on. Although this stack was huge. I can't keep up with all this. I could help. If you want, I could submit another application. Maybe my other one got lost in the mail. I told you, it didn't get lost in the mail, Joey. Mr. J doesn't need help right now. He could do everything his damn self. I thought that was true for a while, but maybe not anymore. Joey, you really want this job? I can detect like no other. One time, my neighbor lost her ferret and I found it in three hours. She was so happy, she let me keep it. But then I lost it and never found it again. But I gave up on purpose. I could have definitely found that ferret again if I wanted to. Okay. His name was Mr. Slinky, named after my favorite third grade teacher. That's a shitty name. No, uh it's cool. Isn't it, Mr. Locke? It's fine. And if it's okay with Edith, you can work here. Really? But all the drama between you two stays outside the office. Okay? Edith, honey bunches of oats, let me work here, please. Please, I hate Block Mart. Fine. Sweet, that's so sweet. Welcome to the PI business, Joey. Joey Evernuckle. First order of business, scan the office for bugs. Apparently, they're in here everywhere. You got an ant problem? Not those kind of bugs. Oh, I get ya. Private investigator lingo. I'll do a sweep. Thanks. I grabbed the stack of papers on Edith's desk and went to my office. I stared out my window, scanning for a white van, but saw nothing. A snowplow moved down Atlas. God, I hated the cold. I started sifting through the papers, organizing cases and messages by categories. Missing children, background checks, surveillance, fraud, corporate investigations, domestic investigations, and miscellaneous. After about an hour, I was exhausted. I figured it was time to head home. I'll just make Joey finish the rest tomorrow, then maybe let him test out a minor case. See what he's capable of. I reached my place at 5.30. I noticed a note on my door, stuck on with gum. Dear Jimmy John, I couldn't find you at the casino, so I left the bad guy Antigard and went to Bethany's. We'll probably have sex later. I'm hoping she lets me do more stuff this time. I want to try this frothy chicken move. I also played the slot machine again and lost more money. Good news, though, my savings account is stacked. I'm almost rich. Anyway, I miss you. Have fun being in your apartment. P.S. Sincerely... Chips, soda, milk, eggs, sugar, cereal, toilet paper, toothbrush, deodorant. The rest of the letter randomly became a list of items. I'm assuming Paul's grocery list. I crumbled the paper and went inside. I entered the dark living room and turned on the light. Jesus Christ! Arthur was sitting on my couch, arms crossed. He appeared angry. So here we are again. Come on, Arthur. You have to stop doing this. What? Trying to be besties? Breaking into places. You see that over there? What is that? It's your slate. I wiped it clean. A large, flat, gray rock sat on my kitchen counter. 
That's not my slate. Sure it is. I took it off your patio. I don't have a patio. Oh, shit. Well, keep it. It's a gift. You know, Arthur, sometimes I wonder if you're weirder than Paul. And what conclusion did you come to? Yeah, still not as weird as Paul. Nailed it! I'm sane. Didn't say that. Listen, Big Jimbo, I'm just pissed because I wanted to go to the soft pop casino with you guys. I can play card games. I'm a wizard cards against humanity. Here's the church. Here's the steeple. Open the doors, and there is... blank. What? Hitler's penis! Ha ha ha! That's the card I would pick. Hilarious, right? I retract my previous statement. You're weirder than Paul. Nailed it! Can you go now? I'd like to make some dinner and relax. I just want you to know that when I found out you and Paul were looking at Antigard, I figured I would finish what you guys couldn't. And what does that mean? I arrested Logan Antigard for suspicion of murder of Joel M. Ugarte. Good job. Thanks, Big Jimbo. Didn't matter to me. I was done with the case. Whatever happened with the CIA, the government secrets, and Antigard wasn't my business anymore. Just remember to invite me to things from now on. You keep forgetting, and it's pissing me off. That slate took me forever to clean. Fine, Arthur. I'm serious. Okay, now go away. Good night, Big Jimbo. Arthur left. I shut the door and went to the kitchen. I opened the freezer and took out a TV dinner. I was making good money now, but I still was no cook. Nothing could beat the simplicity of a ready-made. Cook for two minutes. I like crispy. Let's add another 30 seconds. I may not know how to cook, but I could make a mean TV dinner. The hell? Arthur, what are you- She-Devil! I mean, Lauren. Still with the She-Devil. May I come in? Yes. What are you doing here? I want to talk. About what? This isn't going to be easy to say. So I'm just going to come right out- You're gay, I knew it. No. I'm going to come right out and tell you what's going on. Oh. Okay. I'm not here to accompany Donald while he sells coats. Oh? I'm here to help you with your case. What are you talking about? The Gold Hawk. How do you know about that? I know a lot more than you think, Jim. You had a run-in with a couple of twins today. Yeah, of course there were a couple of twins. Twins come in twos. Simon and Byman. How do you know them? Because they work. For me. Or they used to. What? What are you talking about? I'm ex-CIA. Bullshit! Why do you think I left you, Jim? I had to. My job is my life. All those nights you thought I was cheating on you? Well, I was, but it wasn't with another man. It was with my work. I knew it put a strain on us. That's why I left. But now I'm here because we need you. That's how the twins know about my past poker playing and my father. They had insider information. You're the insider? That's what I was getting at. I don't believe it. You better start. I wouldn't be here if it weren't pivotal to regaining our government secrets and ending smush. I went to the couch and plopped down. Lauren was ex-CIA? This changed everything. All my preconceived notions about our relationship, the restless nights, the fights, the crying. All over this? I'm sorry, but this is a lot to process. I need a minute. <laughs> well, there's 60 seconds left for your meal. Why didn't you ever tell me? My position required secrecy. Instead, you let me believe you were cheating the whole time? I tried to tell you I wasn't. And now what? 
You're back in? I'm no longer an ex. You're still my ex. And I miss you deeply. (sighs) This isn't something I can help you with. There's no one else who is as good as you. You mean as good as I once was. Well, you know what they say. Once. Twice. Three times a poker player. That's not the lyric. I'm just trying to cheer you up. It's not working. Will you help us? I don't know. Will you help me? (sighs) Time's up. (sighs) Will you help? Me. I wanted to say no, but I knew I'd say yes. Atlas Avenue Beat, written by Robert M. Lamb, edited by Isa Yazdezade, starring Jack Austin as Locke, Amy Larray as Edith, James Sweezy as Paul, Brian Messick as Arthur. Robert M. Lamb as Joey, Corey Pettit as Lauren, Aiden Diamond as Simon, Contendo as Byman, Mike Lenhart as Curator, and Brett Wilkins as Donald. Co-starring Mitchell Beck, Evelyn, Seth York, Crystal Hall, James Brown, Cody Meadows, Louis Ferrant, Caitlin Spring, Dennis Caldwell, Amber Simpson, Sean Sullivan, Hope Ennis, Melanie Kissel, and Luke Hurt. Music provided by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com. If you enjoy this podcast, don't forget to rate and review. Also, check out www.7lamb.com for other podcasts such as this one. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com slash 7 Podcasts and on Twitter and Instagram at 7 Podcasts. This has been a Seven Lamb production.